Before we get started, let's talk about what's new at Cold Wax Academy. Rebecca and Jerry have just launched their fall quarter of live online sessions with a special focus this time on member participation, plus informative sessions on a variety of other topics. This month also marks the beginning of Cold Wax Academy's third year of teaching sessions, meaning that the member library now has over 80 recordings and other instructional documents available for members. To access this wealth of information and to take part in upcoming live sessions, please visit please visit the membership page at coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for one of the two levels of membership available. That's coldwaxacademy.com. All right, let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about procrastination points. Procrastination may be human nature, but identifying its role in your life can be a big help in moving forward. Instead of simple laziness or looking for distractions, procrastination can also be active avoidance behavior in which you channel energy into activities other than what you really want to achieve. You may stay busy, but you're not doing what is really important. Today, we will look at how artists in particular are affected by procrastination and ways to confront it in your own studio practice. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. So I've talked to a lot of artists who struggle with procrastination, and it seems like a, a good topic, and specifically the ways that it shows up for artists in their art practice. Um, and I, I want to say right at the beginning, I... I myself am not immune to this. <laughs> I don't think any human being is immune to us. I mean, most of us probably experience it to some extent every day in different ways, small ways, big ways. Um, and it, it kind of shows up as a basic avoidance of things that we do believe we want to do. And sometimes even things that we think are pretty good or, or enjoyable or at least okay once we get going um, and that's just kind of general. We feel this lack of motivation, lack of energy, and it can really get frustrating because there's a feeling of disconnect between having some kind of goal, whether it's a big goal or a small goal. And for some reason, you can't even take the first steps to get there, <laughs> the simplest steps. And so you can let your time get eaten away in so many ways. And the things that you, you say you want or you believe you want, they they stay out of reach because um, it's just there's something blocking you. So as I said, we, we do want to talk specifically about art practice today and the specific points of procrastination, the kind of procrastination demons that a lot of us deal with. And I guess uh, try to understand the root causes. And, and it's not about getting into a cycle of self-blame or calling yourself lazy or inadequate or not really an artist or whatever, unable to manage your time. Things we, we say, you know, when, when we're in that frustration, things aren't happening. And, and we know that we are the block, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> we just can't seem to move on. And, it's just such a human problem and it and so I did a little bit of reading about it and it was kind of interesting because the premise of what I read about was that 
procrastination comes from negative emotions that really like everybody contends with in some way. And this was um, from an article in the New York Times, and it was, it, I'm quoting, uh, saying, procrastination is not a character flaw or a mysterious curse on your ability to manage time, but its way of coping with challenging emotions and negative moods induced by certain tasks. And then it lists those um, challenging emotions as boredom, anxiety, insecurity, frustration, resentment, self-doubt, and beyond. And so we're going to look at some of those as they apply to artists. But I think it's just kind of interesting to say, oh, okay, so procrastination is a coping device in that it keeps you from experiencing these kind of, well, quite unpleasant feelings. And so when you procrastinate, you're really protecting yourself from facing things you simply don't want to face. But often um, it's the expectation of bad things, expectation of a bad situation or challenge, rather than, you know, actually knowing it will be there because it may or may not be. And you may be procrastinating about something you've never even done before. So how do you know? But you just have these kind of negative expectations of what you're what you're getting into. And obviously, the things that you do, I mean, we do things all the time that we do cheerfully and willingly, and we're motivated to do. And these things don't have that same charge. They don't have that expectation that something's going to be hard or challenging. Um, And it's really pretty simple. I mean, whatever makes you excited and happy, like, oh, I'm going to plant a garden or throw a party or, you know, cook some new food or something. Like want to do it. And a lot of things just feel good and they feel exciting, even though, frankly, some of those could involve frustration and things going wrong. But you have this positive expectation ahead of time. And that's what you lack with things you're procrastinating about. Um, and all those things that you do want to do certainly can be um, avoidance behavior. <laughs> You know, I know I should be getting ready for my show, but instead I'm going to throw a party, you know. I mean, we we gravitate towards those fun things. Um, Again, human nature, I'm sure, or find ourselves, you know, online shopping when we should be, you know, writing letters to galleries or something. It's so so common. Um, So I, I did want to look at that list from that article that I mentioned as it applies to what you do in the studio and kind of break down how those things might uh, manifest in your art life. Um, And why do you feel these things in relation to your art practice? It could be from past experience because you've done them, or it could be that you imagine that you're going to be feeling these things, which are not very nice. And the first one was um, boredom. And, this may be something that you don't actually acknowledge or recognize. You go day to day, you do what you do, um, and you have certain patterns and routines and so on. But at the same time, there's a lack of excitement for what you're doing in the studio. So your basic expectation is same old, same old. And that that isn't exciting. I mean, that isn't interesting. And so... 
that's kind of a bringing an awareness to what what are your actual feelings about what you're doing in the studio. If there's an element of boredom, obviously time to change things up. Um, in the studio, on a practical level, there are pretty boring things that you have to do as part of your art practice. I mean, you have to prepare your your surfaces. You have to put down gesso or uh, what is it you do with clay? You you need the clay? No, what do you do? Yeah, you wedge the clay. Wedge the clay. Okay, you have, you have these kind of chores that you have to do. Um, and you maybe you have to clean up once in a while. We will admit this. Um, you have record keeping. You have a lot of different things that aren't that creative, right? And so, but what is specifically boring is different for everybody. Somebody might say, well, I kind of like to clean up, you know. <laughs> Somebody else like, no, I always put it off. Um, and so then you, I guess the key to that is to find find ways to um, get yourself going because usually any of these things you know inside that you have to do them. They really they really are part of your practice and you have to accept that no matter how mundane they are. And a lot of us will wait until it is essential that we do these things. Um, but somehow making the chore a little bit more pleasant, like I don't know, some little reward you're going to give yourself or you're going to play some good music while you're doing it or something. Um, and also the time limit thing. I know we've talked about that before. If I have something that I really don't want to do, uh, for me, it's usually um, financial records. <laughs> I say, well, and taxes. I'll say, well, I'm going to do this for one hour. At the end of one hour, if I'm ready, if I say I can't stand it anymore, I'm going to stop and typically, it's okay. I get into it. An hour later, I'm in the middle of something, and, and you get engaged, right? I mean, you see it through. And so typically, it doesn't end at the hour. But it, but you tell yourself, it can, and feel free to walk away from it. So I always think that's that's a trick I use in my own life. I give myself one hour at something I really don't want to do. <laughs> um, and also, with some of these chores, you can question what you really need to do. Um, what do you feel you should do, but maybe deep inside you don't really feel that it's important? And I think that's kind of interesting. <laughs> um, in my own life, as I mentioned, I have a lot of procrastination about record keeping. And specifically, what I have procrastinated about for at least two years now is updating my inventory records, which means entering the name of a painting, the size, the medium, where is it? Was it sold? Was it not sold? All that stuff. And I've got a good program that I use for that, but I just don't do it. And I realized one day that I don't actually feel like I need to. I mean, it's sort of one of those things, well, you should keep really good records about all your pieces of work. But when you have a lot of art and it's, I mean, it's not that I don't have any records. The The galleries have inventory lists and I have, I keep, you know, I record sales for my taxes. So at some basic level, I think, why would I spend all my time doing this when I don't actually see the need? So I think that's worth bringing up because we can feel burdened by things that we think we should be doing. 
and maybe we don't really have to. <laughs> so I'm not sure this is great advice, but it's just how I'm looking at one little aspect of something that I procrastinate about. And it's just kind of challenging. Well, how much of it needs to be done? Does it need to be done at all? Well, and when you when you do bite-sized chunks like that, I mean, it, it will get done eventually. It just, uh, and it's it's probably a little bit easier than trying to get through the whole thing in one go. So I, I really, I see the utility in what you're talking about. Yeah, and and doing what, what I feel is needed at the time. And for example, I mean, some of the, what I finally decided with the record keeping was I could jump in if I felt the need to record, say, a body of work, a series. I didn't have to do everything before that leading up to it, which is going to create a huge barrier. Instead, I can just go in and put in this series because I feel like I want a record of that. Um, and so trying to remove barriers that that you recognize if you don't if you can see a way around it and i think i don't know i think probably people do this all the time and it makes sense uh but but there's a lot of you know feelings like oh well as a professional artist i should have absolutely accurate and up-to-date records of where all my work is and i'm just saying i don't <laughs> so um the other the next thing that was on that list was anxiety as this kind of anticipated block to getting something done. Um, anxiety covers a lot of ground. I mean, fear fear of failure, fear of messing up, fear of not accomplishing what you want, which is probably pretty likely if you're procrastinating about it. So there's a lot of causes for this. Um, and it, it getting back to those negative expectations, you know, that's that is the root of this one as well. Um, it's tied in with perfectionism. Like everything I has to, everything I do has to be right. It has to be great. It has to be, you know, on point. Otherwise, it's not worth it. And in reality, you know, few things you do are perfect. Um, it's tied in with, well, looking at your self worth as an artist, tying that in with with production, with organization, with things like that, that you feel are marks of a good artist. Uh, maybe you're afraid you don't measure up to that. And so you avoid doing things that, you know, would get you there. Um, yeah. That fear of failure turns into a fear, a fear of even trying. Yeah. And you say, well, I'm not going to bother with that. And you know, you just avoid it. Um, and I, I guess I, I think the antidote to that really is to recognize, in terms of your artwork and your studio work, recognize what it is that you really love to do, because you you do love a lot of it, or you wouldn't be in there at all. At what point do you lose that and, and enter that anxious state? And I think that is the point to kind of contemplate and understand what this negative reaction is about. Um, example I can think of is for a lot of people that I know or talk to, students, etc., feeling great and energized when you start something and it's fun and you're, you know, you haven't really, really committed to finishing it. So you're, you know, engaged in that process. And then at some point, you anxiety enters and you lose the motivation. And so you end up with a lot of unfinished work sitting around. 
and procrastination comes in because you're not finishing anything. And your avoidance behavior is, oh, just start something new. And that is really the point where you have to confront your anxiety and confront whatever's stopping you. And, and you know, that's beyond the scope of this session. We have talked about those negative inner voices before. Uh, oftentimes, just pinpointing a problem is a good starting point. And if it's finishing a painting and generally finishing your work is a problem that you procrastinate about, you know, you just got to confront that and think about why is that? What's going on there? So is there a time recently when you were struggling to finish a painting and you had some kind of revelation or, or some <laughs> some way to get through uh, that? I I mean, it's kind of like writer's block, right? It is. And I... I don't know. At this point, I don't I don't really have a problem. I'd say my problem is more obsessing with a painting until I finish it. <laughs> it's kind of the opposite end of it. And I, I think, well, I, I really could be moving on or I really could be, you know, doing six paintings instead of being so obsessed day after day with finishing this one. <laughs> but yeah, for me, it's not procrastination about finishing, but I I hear this very often. And I understand it's I understand it as avoidance behavior because when you finish a painting you know that's a commitment it's done I I'm, I'm saying it's done it's going out in the world and that is uh, really putting yourself on the line and so it raises a lot of anxiety sometimes for people other people you know it's like uh, it's a painting I'm going on to the next one you know but but that usually it is a I think it's an aspect of perfectionism and, you know, feeling inadequate somehow, uh, which is, you know, tied in with this next one that was in that article, which is insecurity and self-doubt, where you feel judged. You feel judged by something inside your own head, things you imagine people are thinking about you. Um, it's the whole imposter syndrome, you know. Who am I to call myself an artist, you know? Um, feeling a need to prove yourself. And so procrastination enters in with anticipating this, even if it doesn't tend to happen, even if you have generally positive response, uh, you anticipate rejection, you anticipate criticism. And and that can really, really block people, really bind people up and procrastinate about making any movement in the studio, making any steps at all. Um, another place it shows up is uh, second-guessing yourself a lot, having trouble making decisions. And um, for an artist, this can be as simple as uh, getting the materials ready for something like, what panels should I order? You know, what what paints should I get for this? And again, I have known people who who really procrastinate in taking those first decisions about the size of a painting, the scale of it, the materials, um, all of these things, and and get really stuck. And I'd say to counteract that. It really, most choices are not that monumental, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe you don't pick quite the right panel that you end up thinking you wanted, um, but you pick whatever you pick, and then you go on. And it's 
if it's not the right one, well, okay. You know, you, do, you have another chance to, to do that. Um, let's take a minute to talk about uh, the deals that are available from Blick. Yeah, it looks like Blick has actually extended uh, some of their Cyber Monday deals. Uh, so there's there's still some really good sales available right now. Um, the uh, I noticed that the Utrecht Artist Imperfect oil paint tubes and cans are, are back. So uh, those are up to 70% off. Uh, I also noticed that they have this uh, Sketchbox table easel, 53% off. That It looks like it'd be really nice for plein air. So if you're a plein air painter and you need an easel, uh, right now this uh, this Blick Studio Sketchbox table easel is only $66.49. So if you want to take advantage of those or any of the other many deals that are going on right now at Blick, please remember to use our affiliate link, which is, of course, MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. When you use our affiliate link, it goes straight through to the regular Blick website. It looks the same. It functions the same. But when you use our affiliate link, Blick will donate 10% to the Messy Studio podcast. This is incredibly important and very helpful to us. Uh, This content is not free to produce. It's free for you, but it it costs us money to produce. Uh, So please remember to use that affiliate link when you order your art supplies, and we can continue to produce this content for you. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blake. All right, let's get back into the show. Um, there's a couple more points that I want to talk about from that article, specifically as, it, as they relate to art practice. And one of them is frustration. And procrastination often shows up when something that you want to do seems so daunting. You don't even want to start. And it also shows up when, you're, when you do start, but it's just not going very well. And, and, I mean, who wants to deal with that? It is a sense of failure. It's natural to avoid it. But, really, you can't move on with your work until you figure it out, whatever it is. Um, might be, you know, that finishing step we talked about. It might be there's some technique that you really want to bring into this work and you can't seem to get it um, even supply issues like not being able to find something that you want, some material that you want. Um, lots of things as an artist create frustration. And, you know, you just have to, to deal with it, recognize it again. That's just the way all this procrastination stuff is. You can feel that frustration and not realize it's leading to such procrastination. So, and sometimes, you know, you walk away, you sleep on it, and, and you figure it out. But, it again, it's sort of expectation of bad stuff happening. And when you feel frustrated, you expect it's not going to work out. I mean, that's kind of the root of it. I'm frustrated because I can't seem to do this thing. And inside, you sort of think, and that's just the way it is. I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this thing. And therefore procrastinate. <laughs> and the, the last one I wanted to talk about was resentment because that was mentioned in the article. And it's kind of interesting. I, I thought about, well, how does that figure in, in figure into an art practice, presuming that art is something that you want to do? Why would you resent doing it? Um, but I think there are aspects that of an art practice that can create resentment. And one of them is Uh, working under deadlines, working with a gallery, even though it's a good thing, even though you want to do it, you see all the benefits, something inside you might be saying, why should I have to work under pressure? You know, why doesn't the gallery think, understand that I need more time? Or why don't they, why do they keep demanding this and that? I mean, 
you are dealing with the outside world, and that can create resentment because maybe deep inside you think, I'm a creative free spirit, I shouldn't have to treat this like a business or whatever. Um, you may resent expectations, um, and whether those are your own expectations, which can be tough on yourself, or whether they're coming from other people, there's a sense of, you know, you're not the boss of me, why are you telling me this? What what are these expectations? Uh, are they are they fair? Are they reasonable? And you can get a little wound up in that. And and the last thing I thought of in terms of resentment was resenting other artists, <laughs> which is you know kind of a bad thing, but comes from comparing yourself to others, other artists, and it can be all kinds of things like. They have a better studio. They have more resources. They're more successful. Whatever it is, um, is kind of a really bad road to go down. And it can sap your own motivation and it can create procrastination because you can think that other artists have a lot of advantages that you don't have and just kind of, you know, lay you low. You're not as excited about things. Um, and, and you know, forget that you can make the best of your own situation. So I guess all these issues and, and more, as the article says, there's more, but I think that's enough to give a picture of the kind of things that, the kind of bad emotions that are wrapped up in this, and they all can produce this lack of motivation. And wanting to um, sublimate your energy into something else, which is like active avoidance, <laughs> Yeah, I think we've always said that it, it, you know you shouldn't let the uh, the perfect be the enemy of the good, and you should you should work <laughs> with whatever you have right now, yeah, and, and get creative. You know, find a way to make it work. It's um it's not easy. It's it's a lot easier to say that than to do it. I know. Um, None of this is easy. Yeah. 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 And but, and, it's, but it is necessary. You know, it's you got to start somewhere. Yeah, you do. And and I I think there are times when it's okay to sublimate if you're pretty aware of what you're doing. Like, um, I remember once back in Wisconsin, I was really frustrated with something and I, I went up to the house and I found myself involved in making some really elaborate recipe for dinner. And, and I, I just, I laughed at myself. I'm like, okay, I'm not painting, but I'm making this, I don't know, as a quiche or something. Um, and I, I recognized what I was doing. I could kind of smile at it. I, I think okay once in a while, to do that. Um, but but you're not solving anything. It's everything is still there. <laughs> um, so trying to get to the root of what's going on and and tackle it. Uh, example from my own life recently was, I was kind of tasked with framing some works on paper for, you know, I'm offered a, a small show at a gallery and. One, and the gallery owner wants framed works on paper. So that is a little daunting to me because there's a lot of steps involved and there's a lot of decisions involved. And I was avoiding it for several days. I just didn't want to think about it, but it was in the back of my mind. It was bugging me. And I realized my anxiety was increasing about it um, because there were a lot of questions to answer, you know, where to have this done, or should I do it myself, or what exactly do I want, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't feel confident about framing. It's something that has always seemed a little outside of what I really get. But honestly, 
one step at a time, one question as a time at a time, breaking it down into small steps. Um, we've all heard this advice, but I can look at the process of making decisions and the frames are now on their way to me and I'm going to just put the artwork in them. I found a place to order them basically all put together. And I had to work my way into that though. And, and we all recognize that this goes on all the time when we're confronted with some practical problem. Somehow when it's related to art, it can seem, it can seem very daunting. Um, I think you have a lot of personal stuff on the line. It's it's a little different than yeah, getting your car fixed or whatever. It's it's uh, something that you know you're going to put out into the world, and it it's all that stuff is 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 really good ground for procrastination. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about a few really typical procrastination points situations for artists and. They're very common, and they're basically things that most artists believe they want to do, but often procrastinate about. And all of them, in some way, are tied in with those root causes that we just mentioned. I guess it would vary by the person, by the situation. But some of these are, and these are all things I've heard people say, I know I should be doing this, but I don't seem to be doing it. Um, just going to the studio on a regular basis, that's a big one for a lot of people. Walking into the studio, you're confronted with a lot of stuff, <laughs> a lot of half-done stuff, a lot of things you're not sure how they're going to resolve. Um, another whole area is the things that if you want to further your art career, if you want to be selling your work, um, there's a lot of steps in that, and and a lot of them are not. They are daunting. They're not easy. Uh, getting your website going, t contacting galleries. I mean, any any situation where you're putting yourself out there, following up on leads or opportunities, it takes a lot of motivation. And all those situations can bring about lots of anxiety, lots of worry that you know this isn't going to work out. Um, another big one is, as I already mentioned, organization, including record-keeping taxes, putting out newsletters, um, keeping your mailing list together, uh, deadlines of any kind um, people procrastinate about. People are very different with deadlines. Some people you know, kind of feel better when they get on it right away, and other people will procrastinate for quite a long time until it is really, you know, <laughs> you got to do it now or it's not going to happen. Um, Lots of decision-making situations and uh, setting goals. Also, people can set goals, and it's maybe not so hard to write them down and set them, but actually making any progress on them involves uh, often a lot of procrastination. Uh, some people procrastinate about learning, about self-educating, about reading things, reflecting about things. They just sort of charge through. And in fact, if they took some time to to take some time with bigger things, it would pay off. But there's a, you know, impatience um, as part of procrastination, I suppose. Um, that seems a little contradictory, but <laughs> procrastination is putting things off, but, but you can avoid things by just charging ahead, I guess is what I'm saying. 
Uh, anyway, there's a lot of aspects of an art practice um, that are points that we, we avoid. And I mean, I guess it's no wonder some get shoved aside. So part of all of this is considering your priorities and how you're going to apply those. And just at the end here, just a few tips about procrastination. And I'm going to say some of these are not at all original. You can read them online in any article about procrastination, but they're still valuable. And I think thinking about how they apply to you as an artist is the difference. Um, and something you know I've mentioned is just being aware of the issue. What is the root of this? Um, and whatever that comes up to be, ask if it's realistic. Like, I'm afraid of messing up this painting, so I'm not finishing it. Well, okay, that's part of the creative process, right? Working it through. And just, you know, like saying, okay, I'm I'm accepting that. Um and identifying your avoidance behavior. Is it scrolling Facebook? Is it watching Netflix? Is it maybe it's something that looks productive, like you know, cleaning your studio when it really isn't at all messy, but you mess around, you, you know, you fuss around with things. So what, another piece of good advice, what are two or three small steps I can commit to taking to stop this avoidance behavior and get into what needs to be done? Um, for an artist, that might mean having someone checking in with you, holding you responsible, um, an art friend, and you agree to check in with one another about what you've done the, in, during the week. It might mean keeping an actual record of your time, and I know artists who have done this actually record their time in the studio and what happened. Um, it might be figuring out ways to get your to-do list to actually work for you instead of, I mean, I think people sometimes just write stuff down and then lose the list or something, you know, <laughs> but, but finding some kind of system that that you can consciously work through, um, considering the benefits of getting whatever it is done, really picturing that in detail, um, the sense of relief, the reward. So if you have something like the opportunity to exhibit your work at a gallery um, and you're, you're procrastinating like crazy about everything that has to be done, you know, really, really imagining your work on the walls, imagining the reception and things like that. Um, when it comes to making decisions, procrastinating about decisions, as I mentioned, just pick something, <laughs> just make a choice and move on. It's not that you don't consider the choices, but you can get really bogged down in, in uh, too many choices and just saying, this isn't earth shattering. I'm just going to try this. Um, so, uh, you know, and there's there's more, and, and I think we've covered a lot in this session. Basically, avoid getting so overwhelmed with, with stuff, with decisions, with projects, with goals, that you, you're sort of shutting down is another part of procrastination. It's just too much. And so trying to set priorities and understand I want to do this this I really do want to do this can wait um, you know that's part of it too well do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode yeah so to procrastinate 
about whatever it is in your life that, you know, is part of what you really want to do is human nature. I mean, it's kind of odd that we do this, but I'm pretty sure everybody has some part of their life that they get bogged down with. And I think although it's common uh, for artists to allow procrastination to loom really large is so detrimental and it can sap your growth, it can sap your excitement for your work. And I think, I guess the main point though is like so many other challenges in an art practice, it really does help just to get more aware of what your own procrastination points are, your own procrastination demons, if you will, where are they lurking? Try to confront them. And remember, even those small steps are important and they're rewarding. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out rosstickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.